Well, here we are, day three. As promised, we would have three episodes in three days. It's Friday. We're making it happen for you. We're talking about Future Is Now Part 3 with Pastor Samuel Goulet. But before we do that, let's take care of some business. The last couple of days, you guys have heard me talk about a possible mailbag episode. We still want to get your email. So please, I'm leaving my email once again in the description below. So go ahead and send your questions, maybe your comments, or maybe you just want to give us a praise and say like, yo, what up? This is my favorite podcast, whatever. Send it to my email. We want to be able to have a special mailbag episode discussion with myself and Samuel. And if we can, someone to enhance the conversation, we will get someone to join us as well. But in the meantime, don't forget, we want to hear from you guys. We want to have an active participation with the people who listen to this and you guys are just as much as the conversation um as samuel and i are sitting in the room you guys are just as much as being a part of this family altogether but i want to thank you for subscribing like i said we had over 1200 downloads in the last two months and it has been incredible some of the things that um have happened in that time, just a huge explosion of growth. And we want to get bigger and better and have awesome guests. And there's a little rumor that we might have Jane Hammond on the podcast. I don't know, maybe crossing our fingers, hoping that could happen. But in the meantime, I will stop talking and let Pastor Samuel do the talking here as he continues his sermon series on the future is now part three. So Samuel, take it away, bro. Uh, there's this scripture that I love because I love to reflect on different scriptures and think about them and really meditate on them. And one of the ones I love is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts. Uh, and there's this incredible thought that there's some places in your journey that you can only find peace and will only have peace, not because of what you know, but because of who you know and who you're connected to. And that's powerful. That's powerful because it, it, it breaks striving. It breaks a place that I need to get to a certain place of understanding or knowledge in order for me to feel a certain way, in order for me to accomplish a certain said thing that God says for me to accomplish. And it, and it literally breaks that and says, no, your understanding can't find this place of peace. And in fact, my promise to you is that I'll give you a peace that uh, I'll give you a peace that your understanding cannot access. So when your understanding cannot access this peace, you have to enter in a different way. So if your understanding cannot access a place of peace that you need in your life and that you desire in your life that will actually guard your hearts and guard your faith, then how do you access this place of peace if it's not through understanding? And this is where we start off today because we've been talking about this future place. The, the, the theme for this month has been the future is now. The future is now is not just a destination when you look at the Israelites and the way they were called to the land that was promised to them. And the only place or the only significance on that land was the fact that God said with his words, this is your land. I have promised it to you. And even at the foot of that place, he said, look over there. That's the land I promised you. Go into it and take it. So the only thing significant about the land was the fact that, that God said with his words, this is your land. And so when God speaks, this actually does something for us. 
When God speaks, it actually creates a reality. It creates a place of of calling. It creates a place of movement inside of you. When God speaks, it changes everything. When God speaks, the storms go whoosh and become still. And so when we see ourselves in this place, we recognize that I can't access peace. I can't access the rest of God by my understanding. I must enter into this place of rest in a different way. And that leads us right into our first scripture, which is in Hebrews. And I'm going to kind of skip around chapter three and four. Because what we're finding today is that when God called the Israelites into the promised land, something happened. Something happened when they didn't listen and they didn't yield to his words. And we're going to read what happened here and then we're going to identify how to enter into and access these places of peace and rest. Uh, Since we can't do it through understanding or our knowledge, we have to learn to do it in a different way, in a different manner. So here we go. Right in Hebrews 3 and four. I'm going to bounce around a little bit, 15 through 16 in chapter three and 19 in chapter three. And then we'll go over to Hebrews four, one, seven, and 12. I told you I'd be bouncing around. And then in Hebrews three fifteen, it says, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion for who having heard rebelled. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Here's what I recognize about our journey of trying to find peace, trying to find really a residency in God, a place of living in God that is the place of peace, is we recognize that it's in one simple way that we enter into that place. And it's even simpler than sometimes we try and make our complex life, is that we enter into a place of rest by hearing his voice and doing and partnering in whatever it says to do. It's profound how simple our place of peace is. It's profound how simple our place of rest actually is. It is quite simply hearing the voice of God and partnering with it. There is no other way to access peace. There is no other way to access this place of rest except by obedience. It's the simple nature of obedience. The simple, simple faith to say, God, what are you saying? That's what I'm going to do and that's who I'm going to be. You know, God said, this is your promised land. I give it to you. Walk in it. It's yours. And what they began to do is they began to do a very human thing, which they began to try and rationalize and find strength by the evidence that's around them. But they didn't know and they didn't perceive that they can't find a place of peace to move in what God said before they move in it. You find the peace as you just begin to move in it. And you recognize that peace just simply came from obedience, not from being able to calculate how you're going to defeat the giants, not from being able to calculate where your resources were going to come from or what you were going to have to do in order to actually take the promised land. But the the sufficiency of their life, of their peace, should have simply been, because you said it, I will enter in. And when you enter into that place that is the voice spoken place of promise, you actually realize at the same time you are entering into a place of peace and rest. Because rest is reserved for those that are obedient to God. Love is for all. Love is for everybody. For God so loved the world that he loved me before I loved him, before I did anything. His love is unconditional and it's perfect. But rest is reserved for the obedient. Rest is reserved for those that hear his voice and walk in it. 
Rest, peace is reserved for those that don't lean on their own understanding, but in all of their ways they acknowledge him and he directs their path. Rest and peace is for those that do not make understanding or their mind the Lord of their life. So we find ourselves in this predicament because we find that naturally, naturally, Danya, naturally our mind becomes our Lord. Naturally, by self-help books, by strategy books and different things that we listen to or different things that we engage, that rationale becomes our source of confidence. That logic becomes our source of confidence. That this thing right here, which is carnal, becomes our source of strength and our source of confidence. So we only go to the places that we can measure a certain victory or a certain path to victory. We only go to the places that we are bigger than. We only go to the places and venture into those places that we have the current resource or strength to overcome and to be successful. We don't tend to go into those places that would really be death to us, death to our confidence, death to our security. We often don't go into these places if we don't have this anchor of faith. Because this anchor of faith, we've got to track this thing. He says, look, you heard my voice and you hardened your hearts. You hardened your hearts. And you did not enter into the promised land because of your unbelief. So we recognize that when God speaks, we have two choices, belief or unbelief. We have two choices, belief or unbelief. How will you enter into the peace of God? It's not to rationalize or to know and to understand the path that he's calling you to, but it's to walk in it without understanding. And honestly, this peace that surpasses all understanding is almost a guarantee to you that wherever he's calling you to, you're not going to understand it. You're not going to understand. Ten years ago, when I got a vision of homes and neighborhoods on fire for Jesus and catching neighborhoods on fires for Jesus, houses of prayer on fire for Jesus, I don't understand why he gave that to me ten years ago and it didn't happen ten years ago until I got here and realized why he gave it to me ten years ago. Is that he was constructing this thing way before I was even born is that he conceived and perceived of my journey and place in a place of obedience, in a place of whatever you say I'm doing and wherever you tell me to go, I'm going. It wasn't easy to leave being a youth pastor. I knew how to be a youth pastor. I was pretty decent at it. I actually remembered how good I was at it when I had 16 youth over at my house, and I had a blast. We played catchphrase for I don't know how long, and I played catchphrase by myself while they were all guessing for I don't know how long. And I had so much fun. It was so cool. And I was like, wow, I I forgot that I actually am really, I love this. Like, this is amazing, you know? And, but I was, I was so comfortable in that place. And so when God, when God moved my heart to like literally move to love the masses and not just youth of the demographic and to pastor all and not just youth, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, okay. So I'm going to just leap into that place of faith. And my wife will tell you, it was hard. It was harder for her than it was for me because I can tend to be, um, oh, God said it, <gasps> you know? And then I'm like, babe, what? I'm in here and there's giants and I'm fighting and then I'm getting my butt kicked sometimes, you know what I mean? And, 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 and I can't tell you that if you enter into your promised land because God said for you to enter into your promised land that you're not going to get whooped up at times. Because you know what? You enter into that promised land with the same paradigms that kept you in the desert. 
So you're going to actually have to face trials and tribulations and sufferings in order for that way that you lived in the desert, for it to be broken and for you to live like you're in the promised land. Because you carry into your new land that which you had in your last season. You carry old land stuff into new land stuff. So when I walk into a new land, into this promised land, the land that God spoke to me to go to, this place of transformation that God is speaking and authoring it in me, I actually walk into a land of giants. I walk into a land that has things that are bigger than me. And that if I continue to fight like I fight people that aren't giants, I'm going to lose. So I'm not only trusting that God has given me this land and that if I go into it, he's going to do it in me, but I'm also saying that I believe that not only is God's like favor, like, you know, the, the, the invisible stuff that I cannot control is on my life, but I also believe that he's going to transform me and teach me how to fight giants. See, my faith isn't just over favor, it's over I'm going to walk in it before I am it, and he is going to make me it. Meaning, this promised land is going to require a new form of me in order for me to take it and to keep it. And I trust God that he's going to create that form in me. If you don't trust God to change you and transform you, you are living by doubt and fear. It is not an opinion, it is a fact. We either live by faith or we live by doubt. You can still be a Christian and live by doubt. You can still be a Christian and stay in the desert. You can still be a Christian and stay in the desert. Moses was incredible. He brought him out of Egypt. He brought him through the desert all the way up to the promised land. And then because of unbelief, he did not enter in. You can be a Christian and be riddled with unbelief. You can believe in Jesus, the, the, like the salvation of your life, the one who like saved you and his blood washes you clean and you could also doubt that he can transform you. And we're talking in deep ways. We're not talking just in like deep brokenness stuff like I was on drugs and now I'm not on drugs or I was addicted to pornography and now I'm not addicted to pornography or I was a robber and a thief and a murderer and now I'm no longer those things. Like it's not just in obvious sin places but it's also in places of confidence. It's also in places of fear of rejection, fear of man, desiring the honor of man more than you desire the honor of God. It's also in these places that God says I'm literally creating and doing a new thing in you. And I'm creating it out of nothing because let's be honest, there's nothing in there that I can create it from. It's a new thing. He literally creates it out of nothing. He creates his goodness, his perfection, his strength of perfection in my place of weakness, which means that where I'm at the place of zero, he creates his perfect strength. That's crazy. That's insane. That's only because of grace. And that's only because I trust him that when I, when I feel like he's calling me to do something or be in a simple place of like just witnessing or sharing Jesus with somebody or being in someone's life or opening up my home, I go, okay, Jesus, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how this is gonna look. I don't know if I'm gonna be tired, how tired I'm gonna be. I don't know. And like literally he'll, he'll tell me in worship, give me your home. Give me your home. Hey, give me your home. Give me your life. Give me your bank account. Give me your children. 
Give me the way that you parent. Give me the way that you're a husband. Give me the way that you lead, the way that you pastor. Give me your comfort zones. Give me the comfort of a one service packed out and trust me to fill two services. Like this is my personal journey place right now. I don't know why I'm usually a person of faith, but this week when God told me last, a couple weeks ago, like October, and then like this week I was praying on a lot. Last week I was praying on a lot. He's like, yeah, October. I'm like, hey, cool man, awesome. Ah, yeah, yeah, cool man, awesome. October, October, October. I'm gonna just, (laughs) and then you begin to think about it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And then you're like thinking about it and all of a sudden you start to like see giants. You're like, ooh, come on, Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but there's giants where you called me to go. I don't know if you know this, but a packed one service is good. (laughs) An empty two services is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but like momentum, I I don't know if you've read the books on momentum, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Church growth stuff, man. Come on, Jesus. There's real books here. You should probably read them, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And all of a sudden, I just feel like this, I feel like God said like, like, I'm going to build my church, not you. I'm going to walk out now, man. And there's this place of awe. And there's this place of, there's this place of fearing God more than you fear anything else. And like, let me be clear on what the fear of God actually is in this. It's not fearing God like, oh God, don't hurt me. Don't create consequences if I don't obey you. It's in Acts, it literally translates, and they were, the fear of God was in the place, and God did many signs, wonders, and miracles in there, and the fear of God literally in that place is literally translated as like an awe. The awe of God inside of you, of who he is, the reverence for his word, and the place of love, affection for his word should measure greater than your fear of man, than your fear of rejection, than your fear of death, than your fear of giants, than the fear of lack of resource, than your fear of a lack of understanding in order to access and walk into that place. You do not enter his rest and his peace by understanding. You do it by obedience. That's it. That's it. You don't enter his rest by anything else but by simply hearing the voice of God. Saying, yes, God, I'm so excited about this. I got the, there, was some, uh, there was a couple that, that's been just coming recently and, and uh, this gentleman's wife shared this vision you know, they had in this place during worship. It's pretty incredible, pretty cool. And just so you know, like, people see from God and hear from God in this place like a lot. So you might just want to elbow the person next to you and say, hey, what are you seeing from God? And just hear him say, I mean, Ray's coming through, man, it's coming through. So many people come through. This is what I hear God saying and doing. Just, oh my gosh, you know? And oftentimes they tell me at uh, 1040. So like, you know, like not everything can be released in this place that is being released in this place. But some of it's done in prayer. Some of it's done in intercession. Some of it's done in encouraging and prophesying over the person next to you. Some of it just makes my heart just well up in faith. It's like, yes, God, you're so good. And so God is speaking so profoundly, but there's this place where we, we understand we don't live our life by something we live by differently. So Matthew 4.4, 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
So this person had this vision of Jesus coming to this place and saying, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. All of a sudden, your entire life becomes simply about hearing the voice of God and partnering with it. Hear the voice of God, partner with it. Hear the voice of God, partner with it. Don't look for conventional wisdom first. Don't ask, uh, don't ask somebody who's a leader first. Don't ask a pastor who's been there first. Don't try and go to somebody who has understanding and knowledge and experience first. Go to Jesus first. Ask Jesus for a portion, for a portion of peace that will guide you because his peace will actually guide you. I don't know if you know this, but his peace comes without understanding. So I don't need to understand where I'm going. I just need to ask God for his spirit. His peace reigns and then I follow his peace. It literally becomes my cloud by day, my fire by night. And it becomes the thing that guides me to my promised land. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know what I'm going to need to get there. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know any of these things, but I do know his voice is going to get me there. And not only is it going to give me directions, but it's actually going to create the form in me that can walk into the promised land, take the promised land, and keep the promised land. I trust him not only to guide me, but to transform me. If you're just looking for direction from God and not transformation, you're walking on one leg. And you're going to wonder, God, why did you show me this place and then just get me up to the foot of the promised land in order for me to die? In order for me to lose? Why did you do this? Why did you take me to this place in order for me to just lose everything? Why didn't you just keep me in the place I was? It doesn't make sense. Why would you torture me like this? Are you sick? And you begin to ask these questions. Maybe not that last one, but you begin to ask a lot of the questions. And you go, what, God, what were you doing? And if you're not understanding that God, where he's called you to, he's also transforming you then you're lacking the faith substance that's needed in order for you to become that which will inherit and seize the land. This journey isn't a place of a destination or a location. It's a place of transformation. It's a place of creating me a clean heart, O oh God, and a contrite spirit within me. It's a place of God. I see where you're calling me to, but most importantly, I see who you're calling me to. You know? His, his ultimate affectionate goal for you is sonship. And for the ladies in this place, it's to be a daughter of God, to be a son of God. This is his place of affection for you. It's not the milk and honey that's the reward. It's not. I eat honey and I drink milk and because I'm a little lactose intolerant, that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> the land of honey and almond milk, right? <laughs> Soy milk, but then they told me that's not good for me, so now it's almond, and now it's coconut. <laughs> oh my God, come on, man. It's going to be water next, man. <laughs> water? So it, it's not milk and honey that's the reward. Especially if I'm fasting. <laughs> Especially if I'm fasting. I, I'm hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Not finances. I'm not hungry and thirsty for the millions. I'm not hungry and thirsty for recognition, affirmation, honor of man. And if I am, you know what my prayer is? 
God, deliver me. God, deliver me out of Egypt. Deliver me out of the desert. Deliver me out of that place. I don't want to live there. I just don't want to live there, God. Okay, so walk into this land where the giants are. Okay, I'm pretty sure that means I'm going to die. But even unto death, I'll walk into it. Even unto death, because you know what's beautiful about that possibility is that when God calls you to a place of abiding, you know what he says? He says, he says, he says, die to yourself, deny yourself, die to yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. If you want life in me, then you die to yourself. So at the prospect that the voice of God leads me into a place of my security, my confidence, my current form dying, I'm cool with it because he's going to give me a new form. He's going to resurrect me in his spirit. He's going to give me a place and a, a way of thinking, a paradigm of thinking that's beyond the one I'm in right now. So quite frankly, I'm looking for my situations to force me to have a death to myself and a life in Christ. I'm looking for my trials and my persecutions and my sufferings to literally tell the form I'm currently in right now, this is not sufficient in order for you to see your promised land come to fruition. I'm looking for situations that's going to tell me that I lack so that I can see God be in the midst of that lack. Maybe you haven't grown because you haven't gone in a place that you needed to grow. Maybe you haven't gone from leading zero to leading one because you haven't gone in that place of trying to lead one where God had to grow you to lead one. Maybe you haven't gone from one to 10 because you haven't led the one with faithfulness. Maybe you haven't gone from 10 to 100 because you haven't led the 10 with faithfulness and courage and servitude. Maybe you haven't gone from the 100 to the 1,000 because you haven't led the 100 faithfully. You haven't believed on the 100 faithfully with everything inside of you. And maybe you haven't gone from the 1,000 to the movement because you haven't believed that God can do that. So much of this thing is saying, God, awaken it inside of me a faith that would move me to a place where I know I lack and I know I fail. God, move me to a place where I am not sufficient so that you can be my sufficiency. God, bring me to a place of lack so you can grow me, so that you can transform me, so that you can break the old and establish the new, so that you can cause this old man to die and this new man to rise inside of me. Us hearing the voice of God and entering into a place of rest is not by finding the comfortable situations. It's by finding the uncomfortable ones and dying in the midst of them. It's finding your cross and being excited to get up on it. It's like waking up and going, man, I don't have a cross. I don't have a cross today because I because I, I carried that one that was seasoned, right? And I broke through. And I, I'm in a scary spot right now, Reggie. You know what I could do? I can go like David and I could be like, hey, I'm supposed to be back at war. I'm just going to relax here. You know, I deserve a little break. I deserve to take it. To, I've been working hard. I've been serving. I've been loving on people. You know, I need some me time. You know what I'm saying? I need some me time, Reggie. I need to take me time, and I just need to me, me, me. I'm going to replenish my strength. I'm going to restore myself here. I'm going to be good. And all of a sudden, you, you don't even realize it, but a few months later, you realize that you started to live your, your life by you. Your intention of rest, your intention of finding just a break, broke you from what you were doing. Broke you from your path of dying. Broke you from your path of growth. And it got you in this place where you're just praying prayers about you. God bless what I'm doing. God, I really need you to help me right now. 
And we start, we start praying these prayers that are like the reverse order, that are the upside down of what it should be, which is, God, what is your will? Create it in me. Transform me and change me. Somebody was talking to me the other day about uh, they, wanted, <laughs> they wanted God to comfort them where they were at. They wanted God to like make them feel good about where they were at. And I just asked them a question. I said, hey, do you want God to change you? Do you want God to transform you? Or do you want God to comfort you in your current form? Sometimes our prayer for comfort, we've got to be careful because we're not looking for peace and rest. We're just looking for God to say, it's okay to stay where you are. We've got to be really careful of our prayers. We've got to be really careful of what we're asking the Holy Spirit, the comforter to do. The comforter comes in a time of sorrow and grief. That's amazing. It's beautiful. And that's perfect. But also the comforter comes in a time where like you're in the middle of a storm. You're in the middle of a storm and he doesn't change your situation for you. But he creates a peace inside of you that goes beyond your understanding of the storm. And that actually stabilizes the storm. So he transforms your peace so that your peace can transform your atmosphere and environment. He never does it in the reverse order. He just doesn't do it. He doesn't do it by changing everything and going, see what I did? You know what I'm saying? Now you, he says, look, I'm doing it in you. I'm transforming you by the renewal of your mind. And then it's going to prove what my perfect and acceptable will is. So we journey in this promise and we journey through the, out of Egypt into this desert and we get up to the foot of this promised land, this land that God spoke to us, these places that God has talked to us about, these places of obedience, these places of obedience, these places of obedience, and we have to find faith. We have to say to your word, yes, God. I don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of your mouth. So if I don't know what your words are, I'm going to find your words. I'm going to seek your words. Because you say, the sheep know my voice. So I'm going to seek my shepherd. I'm going to listen for his voice. I'm going to mute every other voice so that I can hear your voice. If you got to take me to the mountaintop to hear your voice, I'll go to the mountaintop. If you got to go to the desert to get his voice, go to the desert. If you have to shut down every media platform that you're on, social media or other, then you shut it down you fast and you pray until you hear the voice of God and you fast and you pray until you fall in love with that voice and you live by that voice and it authors your life it authors your behavior you go where he says to go and you hope when he says to hope and you become just like him your confidence doesn't come in your surroundings your confidence doesn't come in whether you're being successful or not if you're not being successful you should take joy because God is forming a new thing inside of you Every situation presents temptation and or breakthrough. You'll enter into one of the two. One of the two you will enter into, temptation to doubt, temptation to harden your heart, temptation to stay where you are or even go backwards. Or an invitation to breakthrough. An invitation to breakthrough into the land that God has promised for you. I've had so many different people come in here and tell me visions that are on their heart from God. I get excited. I get excited. I get moved. I'm like, yeah. It's power. It's electricity. It's so beautiful, this place that God called you to. It's that milk and honey thing. You're like, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. But every once in a while, you know what I see? I see somebody tell me about it. And I see somebody get excited with me. And I get excited with them. And I see them stay. I see them stay where they're at. I see him waiting for God in a way for him to deliver this thing to them. See, you go to your promised land. Your promised land doesn't go to you. 
When it's talking about waiting on the Lord, it's not talking about waiting passively as a victim waits for something different to come. It's talking about waiting in a way that's more aggressive, in a waiting in a way that has anticipation to it, has a trust to God to it, but it's saying, I'm not waiting for this thing to come to me. What I'm doing is I'm waiting on the Lord and he transforms me, he renews my strength and I go slay giants. We don't wait in order for it to come. We wait in order to be transformed, in order for us to renew strength and to get strength from heaven, to get the download from heaven, to get Jesus inside of us in that manner, and then we go. And we believe that as we go, he's gonna do that thing inside of us. He's gonna create it in us. And I walk, I don't walk by strength, I don't walk by might, but I walk by his spirit. So I'm walking and I'm like, whoa, this is so good. And I'm getting whooped, right? And I get excited that I'm getting whooped because I'm like, I need a new form. I need a new battle tactic. I need one, right? Uh, the Goliath goes up to all the Israelites and he's taunting them. He's taunting them. He's taunting them. They didn't have the form of worship they needed in order for them to say, who's this man that's defying my God? But then a man comes up with a posture of worship with the place of intimacy and says, who is this man that is defying my God? I'm not gonna carry your form, Saul's armor. It's beautiful, you can keep it. All I need is a rock and a piece of leather and I'm gonna kill this giant. So if you're looking to slay your Goliath, if you're looking to walk into your promised land, it's not by Saul's armor. It's not by going to a mentor and saying, how did you find faith? That's great and all, but you're still gonna have to find faith. You're still going to have to find your armor. You're still going to have to find what God authored inside of you. You're still going to have to find that place of intimacy and worship that is between you and God. It can't be delivered by anybody else. These worship leaders are incredible. They are powerless to deliver a lifestyle of worship inside of you. They are powerless. They can't do it. They can't do it. They're incredible. Their voices are amazing. Their, their instruments are just, oh, wow, I can only play the uke and I can only play like seven chords and only in like two different rhythms because Johnny taught me. I'm still waiting for him to come back and give me lesson two. I've plateaued, man. I need lesson two, bro. I've plateaued. So, you know, you see all this incredible stuff they're doing and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. Look, you can experience corporate worship and have no personal intimacy of worship with Jesus. You can walk in here and see his presence, feel his presence, and be, walk out and be like, I don't even know. What, how, what? How do I talk to Jesus? How do I worship Jesus? How do I get into that presence on my own? And you, you, you know what, what's happening is that David, in the place of pasture, in the place of the hillside by himself, began to write psalms and began to be worship God and get, develop this place of the heart of God. It didn't take corporate gatherings. In fact, corporate gatherings can't deliver it. It's in a place that's secret between you and God that you see the establishment of a personal devotion and worship and connection to God. If you can't hear his voice, go into a closet and worship by yourself for a while. And then after five minutes, I'll tell you, because I think it might happen to everybody. It's like almost like an initiation thing. After five minutes, you pray, and 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 you go through your list, and you do all this stuff, and you're just like, wow, that was cool. What do I do now? And then you begin to ask questions like, what is prayer? Because I just did something for five minutes, but I hear people do this for an hour, and there's no way. There's no way anyone does what I just did for five minutes for an hour. One, your voice would be gone, just gone. Two, I have to breathe at some point, you know what I'm saying? So when you get somebody up here on the microphone, they're like, go to San Lou Angle, have you heard his voice permanently raspy? 
Because that's not what the word, that's not what the secret place is about. That's not what prayer and worship is about. You know what it's about? It's about the deepest intimacy you've ever encountered. It's about stilling everything and just hearing a still small voice. It's about telling every other voice, every other pressure, every other thing that's trying to grab a hold of you, no, take it easy, chill out. I'll get to you in a sec. Jesus, where you at, baby? I want to talk to you. I want to be with you. You don't even have to talk to me. Just walk in the room. You don't have to give me an answer for what this is desiring to see or hear. You don't have to give me understanding. I just want your peace. I just want your rest. So walk in the room. And I just want to hang out with you. At some point, I trust that you're going to create in me that which I need in order for me to be successful. In the manner that you define success, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. If our prayer life is about asking God to deliver the the resource so that we could go about our own way, and that way leads to death, God can't deliver that. God can't give you that which leads to death. God can't give you the sustenance you need in order for you to go about your way, which that way will end up leading to death. He can only give you those things which are to deliver you into his place that he has promised to you. So when you go into that place of prayer and you go into that place of desiring God, don't go in asking him for all these answers. Don't go in with your long requests at first. Talk to him about it. Seriously, talk to him about it at some point in your time. But go to him just to connect. Just go to him to connect. It's one of the hardest things I had to do in prayer is learn not to perform in prayer. You can't access his holiness by performing. There is no right prayer. I'm just telling you this right now. There is no right prayer in order for you to unlock heaven. There isn't. There's only a posture of your heart. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the meek, for they shall not have their hair through. It's not about being equipped to access his holiness. It's not about understanding to access his place of presence. It's not about being mature that accesses Jesus. In fact, it says in the Bible that God is close to the brokenhearted. Well, that is going to do it for us again this week, week three. We want to thank you so much for tuning into these podcasts. Next week, we are going to have a brand new discussion on the future is now and part four of this sermon series. So we will catch you guys then. Love you.